Welcome to Feel Better, Live More Bite Size, your weekly dose of positivity and optimism to get you ready for the weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens, one of the most nutrient-dense whole food supplements that I've come across. It contains vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and so much more, and I myself take it regularly. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash live more to access a very special offer. They are giving my listeners five fantastic travel packs and one year supply of vitamin D free of charge with your first order. See your details at athleticgreens.com forward slash live more. Today's clip is from episode two of the podcast with co-founder of the meditation app Calm, Michael Acton Smith. Michael admits he wasn't initially convinced about trying meditation until he researched the science. And since then, the practice has transformed his life. And in this clip, he explains how we can all experience the many benefits of meditation by making it an enjoyable daily habit. I was super stressed. I wasn't eating well. I was sleeping really badly. I had headaches all the time, was just exhausted. And a friend took me aside and said, why don't you try meditation? And I wasn't in the right mindset. I was like, go away. That sounds ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I had these preconceived ideas that meditation was uh, religious or woo-woo or a little bit weird. I'd have to get dressed up in weird outfits and whatnot. But I did something I'd never done before. I took myself off on a solo holiday and I started to research meditation. I read the science behind it. I read some amazing books and a light bulb went on and I realised that there was incredible neuroscience behind meditation. This wasn't woo-woo. This was was real. This could really rewire your brain in in many ways. So that was the moment when I realised, wow, I want to uh, devote the next many, many years of my life to helping uh, spread this incredibly simple but valuable skill. I think you've really touched on something very important, which is one of the obstacles I see with my patients to doing meditation, which I'm a huge fan of, is the preconceptions that it might be religious. They might have to sit cross-legged somewhere. They might have to say a mantra over and over again. And I think it can be a bit off-putting for people. You know, the term meditation or even mindfulness often gets used interchangeably these days. And for me, it's really a practice of stillness. And I think in our modern busy world, it's never been more important than having that pause button. What did you find yourself when you first started meditating that convinced you of the benefits? I found it really difficult, I'll be honest. I think a lot of people do. The mind does not like to switch off. It's constantly whirring and swirling away. So even sitting down just for a few moments, my mind would just fill with all sorts of Uh, thoughts and ideas. Uh, And one of the the triggers that helped me reframe it and think about it in a new way was that meditation is like going to the gym. You know, we, we lift weights to strengthen our muscles. And by meditating, we're strengthening the attention muscle in our mind. We sit and it's not about clearing the mind and and zenning out. I think that's a a misconception. Whenever thoughts come, which they will, we acknowledge them and we gently uh, move them away and go back to focus on a constant such as our breath. And then new thoughts will flood in 
and will do the same thing and again and again and again. And that repeated practice, that's what it is, a practice, uh, helps strengthen that attention muscle and brings so many different benefits to our everyday life when we're not meditating. So that was key for me, thinking of it more as almost mental fitness and been hugely valuable for, for many different areas of my life. You have to go uh, slowly at first. You know, you wouldn't, if you're trying to run a marathon, you don't start by running 10 or 20 miles training. You get off the sofa and maybe you walk around the block. And I think the same is true of meditation. Even just breathing consciously and, and being aware of your breath for a few seconds is a good place to start. In the Calm app, we encourage uh, 10 minutes every every morning, but even that can take a little bit of time for people to work up to. So for me, it was just very gently beginning uh, with a few minutes and then lengthening from there. I love your marathon analogy because that's the exact analogy I use with my patients in my practice every single day because many people come back to me and say, you know, doctor, I don't think meditation's for me. You know, I can't do, I can't switch my mind off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the first thing I say to them is, if I said to you, you had to run the London Marathon next year, you wouldn't go on one or two jogs and try and do 26 miles and then come back and say, hey, doc, I can't do it. I think you would naturally understand that, you know, you have to train yourself to be able to get to that level. And if we've spent our whole lives busy with, you know, information overload, and we've never actually had to pause and think about our our mind and our breath, it's really unrealistic to think we're going to be able to do it straight away. I don't think there's that knowledge yet that actually these small changes in our lifestyle can have such profound effects. It's so true. I think we, we tend as, as humans to overcomplicate things. We think uh, uh, we always look for the, for the most tricky, complex solution. But you're right, simple, very simple lifestyle changes can make massive, massive differences. Um, just getting a little bit more sleep every night or spending 10 minutes every morning to meditate can transform someone's life. And what I love about your book and your philosophy is that none of these in isolation are silver bullets. But when you combine them, that is when the magic really starts happening. You know, if all you were to do was meditate and ignore the other areas of your life, you wouldn't see these benefits. But they compound when you do them together. It can be like a vicious cycle for people, you know, either towards poor health or actually a feed forward cycle towards great health. Because, you know, you take an example of someone who can't switch off in the evening, can't sleep, therefore feels tired and sluggish, craves sugary foods the next day to keep them going, feels sluggish, so doesn't want to actually be physically active. It then becomes this vicious cycle where, you know, they find good health too difficult. Whereas if you pick the right thing for the right person, and this is what I say, you know, you've got to work out what's the right entry point for that individual. Some people like to change their diet first, and when they do that... That makes them feel better, so they want to be more physically active. They then want to, you know, look after themselves and meditate and switch off, and then that helps them sleep better. But sometimes, as you've sort of alluded to, people will start with this whole, what I call relaxation, this whole switch off, doing meditation. That can be the ticket. And I, I would say to people listening, you know, just, just pick one thing and actually commit to it for that one week and just mm -hmm. see how you feel at the end of it. Yeah. Meditation is such a valuable, almost foundation to help other areas of, of life. You become more aware and conscious of the things you're, you're doing. So instead of 
instinctively, almost on autopilot, going to the fridge and, you know, taking out something unhealthy, you can check yourself and mindfully say, do I actually really need to, to do this? Same for so many other areas of your life you might want to change from giving up smoking to social media addiction. It's uh, it's an incredibly valuable skill. You're able, one of the, the great ways of framing it, I think, is when you meditate, the decisions you make in life are responses instead of reactions. You're not you're not going from the sort of the the oldest part of the brain, the amygdala, just reacting instinctively to things. You're thinking. You have that fraction of a second longer to to make conscious choices, and that changes everything. It really does. And when you find that new level of awareness, and this is what I've found, I, I look back on the way I used to behave in certain situations, I think, wow, I was just reacting. Now, I, I hope I I've sort of can make better choices because I'm a little bit more aware. So, Michael, for me, I try and meditate every day, although I must say out of my four pillars, I find the relaxation one the hardest. I find food, prioritising sleep and movement pretty much okay for me. I've really sort of got them drilled down in my lifestyle. But the relaxation element I struggle with. And for me, if I do not meditate first thing in the morning, it doesn't happen. Yes, you're not alone. <laughs> Most people are like that. For all the goodwill, for all our intention, if we don't put a routine around it and, and try and schedule it, it's very hard to kind of slip into the rest of the day. So we encourage people, we think the morning is, is a great time to try and meditate. And uh, there's a, a principle called anchoring where you try and do a healthy habit uh, next to something you do instinctively. So we all brush our teeth in the morning. Um, you could say you will meditate after doing those activities and before leaving the house. That's one way to do it. Or some people will do it at their lunch break and they'll know before they go and eat, they'll find a quiet place to, to meditate for 10 minutes. So establishing that routine every day makes it much, much easier to, to groove and turn it into a healthy habit. When I posted about meditation via apps before on social media, some people have said, you don't need an app to meditate. That's part of the problem. And look, I think you've got to meet people where they're at. The device and the technology is not the problem. That's merely a tool. It's how we use it that matters. And by learning to meditate, by being more mindful, we can use our phones and our devices uh, the way we want, rather than being yanked around on autopilot. We become masters of our devices rather than slaves to them. The average person checks their phone over 100 times a day. Now, I guarantee most of those times will be on autopilot. Far better to do it consciously, when we want, how we want, where we want. And again, when you have that control over your device, it, it improves your life in traumatic ways. I used to go to bed every night doing emails and then would check social media and like an hour would fly by and I'd find it tricky to switch my mind off unsurprisingly. <laughs> my dreams would be filled with tweets and Instagram posts and so now I never use my phone uh, in bed and when I wake up in the morning uh, it's hard to do but I make sure I don't check Twitter or WhatsApp or, or emails until I've left the house. And it's incredible the difference it makes. Going into the shower, not thinking about, you know, why my last Instagram post only got four likes. Again, just daydreaming, thinking, just starting the day in a much lighter way is, is really powerful. Really hope you enjoyed that bite-sized clip. Do spread the love by sharing this episode with your friends and family. And if you want more, why not go back and listen to the original full conversation with my guest. Now, just a quick reminder, my brand new book, Happy Minds, Happy Life, 10 Simple Ways to Feel Great Every Day is available to order now. If you like my podcast, 
I really think you're going to enjoy this book. It contains loads of simple and practical strategies to help you look after your mind and enhance your mental well-being. This in turn is going to have a transformative impact on your happiness and your overall health. Now, I cover lots of different topics in the book, including how you can better deal with criticism, how to overcome a lack of motivation, how to build better relationships, and ultimately, how to experience more joy in your life. So if that sounds of interest, please do pick up your very own copy. It is available as a paperback, as an ebook, but also as an audiobook, which I am narrating. All links to order on both sides of the Atlantic are in the episode description in your podcast app. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you have pressed subscribe and I'll be back next week with my long form conversation on Wednesday and the latest episode of Bite Science next Friday. <laughs>